Hi, I'm Heather. Welcome to another episode of It's a Wonderful World. Please remember to connect with me at divinewonderland at gmail.com and share and like the show. Let's get started. Hi, Sally. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. And how are you? I'm well. Thank you very much. I'm happy to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and the kind of twist that you bring to this Okay, hopefully episode. you'll learn something new about me. I think <laughs> I will. <laughs> That's my hope. That's my hope. So let's start with the first question. Describe okay. your essence. Well, my essence, there's more to me than what you see, as I always say. I'm, I'm a very independent person. I don't like to depend on anyone for my survival. I'm super patient, which has... I've done well because I've I've taught all my life. So you need a lot of patience when you're teaching. (laughs) Um, I view each day as a way to improve my life and always learn something new. Um, I like to take myself out of my comfort zone and do things that are um, not familiar to me, but more familiar to others because I feel I learn from those experiences. I'm a proponent for change, for change, and I don't like living in the past. I, I get upset when I see these last <laughs> in the past photos of when people were teenagers and all this kind of stuff, because I feel like, oh, God, you're living in the past. Get over it. Oh, uh, my God. So, so anyways, I do that all the time, just do things that are not comfortable to me. I am. Um, Anyway, helping others gives me really great joy, and I think I've done that through education and through some of my nonprofit work that I'm that I do uh, currently. Um, I'm a very honest and loyal person. You know, you know, if I'm your friend, I'm your friend for life, and I will protect you unless you cross me, of course. But <laughs> I, I like to immerse myself in uh, new invent- adventures. They may not necessarily be of interest um, to me, but are a things that are of interest to others. And I am a lifelong learner. I just like to learn that that's the way it goes. A stickler for details. I am really detail oriented where it drives others around me crazy. Um, But that's okay. It's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) It it helped me. It helped me well, well, especially, you know, since I wrote a technical fashion design book. So I had to be very detail oriented because if I skipped one step, it was like the death of my (laughs) technical life. (laughs) Yeah, that garment is not going to look the way you intended. So I'm extremely open-minded. I'm, I really am. Um, I like my alone time, but where I decompress. Um, I don't have a filter, which a lot of people <laughs> tell me I'm opinionated, but I like to look at it as, hey, I'm truthful. <laughs> so um, I can keep a secret. So if you tell me a secret, I'll, t- I'll take it to my death. You know, I won't dis- divulge it. Um, and I accept responsibility for my mistakes. Uh, you know, that's the way it goes. I'm not going to say, oh, somebody else did it. And I don't have a problem apologizing if I cause some wrongdoing. So that's a little bit about my essence. <laughs> that is a lot going on. So if you... <laughs> I'm complicated. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. If yeah, you yeah had... I think it is. Honestly, I, I really think it is. Because, you know, if you're not complicated, then you're boring. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> I don't know. We don't want to be. We don't want to be boring at all. No, we don't. My question to you is, if you had to choose one of those attributes that you mentioned, mm-hmm. the first one that comes to mind, what's the first one that comes to mind in terms of your essence? Of my essence that the- I am. Um, I'm a proponent for change. I like change. 
that I if I had to pick one of those, that would be it, you know, and that had that has to do with I don't want to live in the past. That's what it is. I want to move forward. I think change is exciting. It brings new vitality to life. It makes you want to look, it makes you look forward to the following day. It makes me want to get up in the morning. So I would have to pick that one. And what was it that makes you resonate with change and, and letting go of the past? What, what happened? I, you know, I think it has to do that. You know, I didn't grow up in America. I came to America. That was the biggest change of my life. I didn't understand it because I was young. And back then in the 50s, you know, parents didn't send out the kids and say, oh, we're going to America. I just got woke up one day and said, we're leaving. We're going to America. My mother's dream was fulfilled. Her immigration papers showed up and I just was so resistant to it. But of course, you know, once I got to America, I understood that. I mean, I, I as I got older, I thanked her every day for bringing us to America with my father. But, you know, that was a huge change. And I think I've been... It was a positive change, and it gave my sister and I many more opportunities. And she, my mom and dad were very much into education, so that's another reason why we came to America. Because financially, we were doing okay in Italy, um, but she wanted better opportunities for her daughter. So, I'm so I think that kind of stuck in my head, and I'm always been like that. Let's move on. Let's do something more exciting, <laughs> uh, and you know because and. It get, life gets boring if you don't go with the flow and go with the change. You know, you're going to be stuck in the past until the day you die. Um, and I was the same way when I taught. I was like, I just can't come in this classroom every day and just teach. I've got to get these kids out there in the world so they can, let's do some, let's change up the classroom scenario and take them out, out of the classroom so they can learn from real world experiences. So that's where I think. You know, that's what I think happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old were you? I, w I was eight years old when I came and it was a late, you know, it was late 50s. And, um, you know, it was it was tough. I'm not going to say because, you know, immigrants were not accepted. Um, and in the 50s, I, it's bad now, too, but <laughs> it's not as bad as it was in the 50s. So. Uh, so as a little girl, that made a huge impression on me, you know, and that, now that I look back, I said, my God, you know, my parents were in their mid forties. That's a big step. That's big change that they, you know, to uproot their family, their whole life and start over again. So, so they modeled some great behavior for you. Well, they did, you know, I, you know, I saw what they did and I thought, well, that, you know, must have stuck in my head. That's, that's a good thing. So it's a good thing to, to change and to move on and, um, you know, bring new vitality into your life. It's like eating the same food every night. After a while, you're going to make yourself <laughs> allergic to it. So you don't want to get allergic to life. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put yeah, it. That's the only way I can think of. And, uh, you know, he would do the same when I was teaching. I was telling the student, now come on, you know, move on. Let's do some more exciting projects and things to get your mind going instead of just dwelling, you know, doing the same old thing, but, you know, changing the title of it or whatever. Right. Especially right. since I was teaching designing, I was always, you know, pushing them to like, you know, you got to get something new, something more creative. So that's change. It is. It is. And, and, and you're right. It is a good thing. And when you 
equate it to eating the same thing every day. I can see why you're so excited. <laughs> you're right. I mean, I get so frustrated when people want to dine at the same restaurants because it's safe there and the food is good. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, get over it. And my husband's like that. So we always have arguments about we're going to go to the restaurant. Like, can we try something new? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh you know, some people just get stuck. Well, <laughs> I guess he's letting I, you be the new thing. and move on. I, I guess your husband's letting you be the new thing, right? <laughs> well, he puts up with me. He's like, okay, we'll try it. And then, you know, we get there and we found some good restaurants. I mean, granted, along the way, there were some lemons. But, um, and he's like that with everything, with travel. He only wants to go to New Orleans and Italy, and that's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he lived in New Orleans and his family's from Italy. Well, these are... like, I would like to see the rest of America, please. I'm Those are good go choices, nevertheless. And I'm going to leave you home. And I've done that. I've left him home. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. Let, let's leave your husband. The trip is to New Orleans. So. Let's leave your husband and, and, and continue talking about you. Uh, what life experience or experiences moved you to focus on the cultivation of your journey to self? Well, that it, it really, I mean, I, it really has to do with my first experience was immigrating to America. And as I mentioned, in late 50s as a kid. Um, and that, as I said, was a profound life changing experience for me because I found myself in places where rules totally change. Language was a barrier at that time. And a segment of the population was not welcoming immigrants at all. Uh, I, ex I experienced discrimination and saw how discriminated other cultures were too. And I made up my mind, I really made up my mind quickly that I would always fight for the underdog and then I would rise above the injustices injustices and treat others with dig dignity and respect. Um, that kind of made an impression in my mind. And I saw how my parents also behaved with other people, how kind they were. They, they, never, you know, they never got angry, although they were being abused verbally from neighbors and everywhere we moved. I mean, we, we had a neighbor that was um, Italian also. My father brought her into the neighborhood when we moved and they got rocks thrown to the windows with notes attached saying get out of the neighborhood. And um, you know we had our car set on fire in the middle of the night but I never saw my parents lose it. So I learned from all that. I learned that um, you have to educate people that we're not you know immigrants are not that bad. <laughs> uh, so I had to quickly accept the challenges and benefits of integrating into a new culture uh, and I, I was a kid, but I grew up quickly psychologically, although I was still a, a child, I've, I feel that I lost or I, that's one thing that happened is I really lost my childhood because I had to grow up really fast. And I know although our, our parents you know, were loved us, they provided for us. Um, the children of immigrants become caretakers of their parents because they can never master the language as well as the kids do. So we so we ended up having to do everything financially. We go to the bank with them and all that kind of stuff. So so that kind of changed my you know, that was part of my life experience and my journey. And then my second experience happened when. I was graduating from high school and I realized I grew up in an Italian, strict Italian, Roman Catholic family. I went to an all-girls school. I had really no view of what the world was about and I was really protected. So, uh, so that happened after high school when I was able to find sort of, and I was able then to start to 
find a balance between the cultures, although I needed to learn a little bit more life. And I was, I hate to say it, but I was often embarrassed that my parents spoke broken English, you know, because people would make fun of me. And um, they would say, why didn't they learn English? Because, you know, immigrants come and settle with immigrants like them and because they're afraid and they kind of take care of each other. So, and with time I learned that I had to really educate others about my culture, that it wasn't really that bad. Um, and in return, I did get some understanding from some of them. Some of them just still never wanted anything to do with us. They thought we were just strange. So uh, they did, Amazing. It's, it's the truth. So I learned to let go of the fear of being an immigrant because for a while we were all fearful what we were going to either wake up in the middle of the night with our house set on fire after the car was set on fire. We were a little scared. <laughs> to um, say the least. But we persevered. I really never saw my parents give up or say anything bad about uh, what had been done to us. Never heard a bad word. And I admire that about them. And not just them, but my extended family too. So... Um, so I was often I was often offended by the comments the kids made directly to me about my culture. They called me some, you know, derogatory words that I had never heard of. <laughs> so, so I just would focus on educating them and telling them, listen, let me tell you about my family and my culture and where we come from. We don't do these kinds of things. And oh so I would start, I would, uh, you know, start conversations with them about the rich, richness and beauty of diversity of not just my culture, but every other culture that is out there. Um, so, and, you know, and I, I was so, they drove me, the, you know, the teasing was so bad that I, the first, as soon as I grew up and I got my citizenship papers and I became, and we had a green card, we were legal, but then I became a, a U.S. citizen. I changed my real name to Sally because they would make fun of me whenever they would hear what my Italian name was, which is Salva, S-A-L-A, which is the feminine of Salvatore in case. Oh, you know. beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Thank you. But back then, I would constantly be made fun of. I remember since I was in a Catholic school, the parish priest would come in to give out the report cards. When he got to my name, he would start with, I don't know if this is a boy or a girl. And I would just cringe. I want to be, I wanted to hide under the desk. <laughs> so there was, there was no safety even in the house of God. No, there wasn't there. That was where I got a lot of teasing from those kids calling me all sorts of not so nice words that I won't repeat. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> but, you know, I got educated. I didn't know there was such words. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so as much as I educated them, they educated me. And, um, I, you know, I, sometimes I wonder how I, we even survived. <laughs> so, well, I, I'm um, happy you did. And, and the stories that you're able to tell now. Well, there, I mean, there are a lot of know, people who feel a, the same way. It made me a really strong person. And there was, there's very little now that anybody can say to me where I'm going to fall apart. Um, and that's been the way it, ever since I've been in college and got out of high school, learned about life. And that's just the way it's been. You can say whatever you say to me, unless you try to hurt me physically, that's a different story. But, you know, your words will never hurt me. I'll just look the other way or I'll try to educate you one or the other. <laughs> Sally, what does your journey look like in terms of love, joy, forgiveness, compassion, dreams fulfilled, all um, the things that, that pertain to your wholeness? 
Well, nurturing wholeness, um, uh, the way I do it is I, I do spend some, you know, I have to have my downtime. I spend time alone. I just lock myself up because, and sometimes if I have to lock myself in the bathroom to keep people away, I've done that too. So solitude sort of honors my feelings, my downtime from the chatter of the world. Um, I do a lot of self-praising, which is validating my strengths and accepting my weaknesses because I have both and I freely admit that. Um, if physically, I do exercising. I try to do something creative every day. I like to write. So often I'll, you know, I write, but mine is more technical writing, not, you know, about self-writing. Um, so that, but those are things that give me great joy. Uh, and uh, those activities allow me to, disconnect from the world and kind of focus on me and I try to do that almost every day I'm I'm grateful I mean I'm spiritual a little bit not you know not a I'm Catholic but not a devout Catholic unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> that happened but along the way but I'm grateful for my blessings I love a family and uh, my long-term friendships I mean I have some friendships that go back 40 years so and I'm, you know, forgiving those that made it clear to me to go back where I came from many years ago. <laughs> I kind of let go. And they did. Oh, I, I was blank, just told, go back to where you came from. Um, they just needed to be educated about cultural differences and to let go and move away, move away, move away, excuse me, from those that had issues with my background. So, you know, friendships come and go. Sally, um, when you talked about self-praising, Give us an example of what that looks like. Well, I actually talk to myself. I mean, you know, the dog looks at me like I'm crazy because, you know, he's the only one allowed in my safe space. <laughs> so he looks at me like, what is she saying? You know, so I, I do. I talk to myself. I tell myself what I did what was good during the day and what I could change. And what did I learn? Because I have to learn something every day. So it's just sitting in a room and instead of meditating, I talk to myself. And often I've been able to answer my problems that way by just talking them out. Um, you know, it might be crazy. I might look foolish if somebody, like I said, walked in and saw me. But that's usually how it, you know, it kind of, you know, work. It, it kind of works out for me. And, um, it calms me down and, um, you know, allows me to focus on tomorrow. You have a lot of energy. How long does it take you to recharge? You talked about going into solitude, doing the self-praise. How long does it take you to recharge so that you're able to operate at this level? It's not, I don't, you know, I don't look at it as, I'm not sure I don't, I, I do have a lot of energy. I can go one to all hours of the morning. I mean, physical energy. Um, it's actually hard for me to go and sit down and kind of just talk to myself and, you know, just de decompress. It actually, that takes me a lot of energy. <laughs> I'll sit down and then I'll think of 10 things, other things I got to do. And I have to tell myself, no, you're just sitting here right now. You're not moving. Um, you know, my husband calls it, I can't relax, but, um, you know, I just, I just have a, a terrible time getting my energy level to come down where I can rest. I, I think I've been getting better at it, but, um, I probably could do a lot better. I just, 
you know, sometimes my mind just wanders. I want to do so many, I, you know, I've got to do this, I got to do that, or I can, I'm going to go. And um, since I taught fashion design, I'm going to go and create a dress and all that. <laughs> so I have to really, um, you know, I really have to work hard at it. It's not easy. It's not easy for me to relax. And, you know, I see everybody else doing it, but that I have an issue with. <laughs> But, you know, people look at me and like, you know, can't you just, why don't you take a drink? And I don't drink. <laughs> and Or pills. And I don't do those either. So I said, no, I can't even take an aspirin without having a side effect. And you want me to take pills? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> that is hilarious. But I just, How? I mean, I force myself. I, you know, it's like a bad habit. I, I am, you know, I, I have to work at it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How has aging or evolving made you better? Um, well, you know, I don't take to heart what people have said to me or, you know, somebody says something, I'm going, Oh my God, what do they mean by that? I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and some people say, can say stupid things and things like that. Whereas in the past, I would take it to heart, you know, somebody would say, Oh, your hair looks a mess. I would have a fit. Somebody (laughs) said that to me today. I'd say, I really don't care. You know, the, it's a relaxed society now. Uh, so, you know, that that's happened. Um, I always thought I would never see the day when I would not be working. And I'm kind of starting to enjoy the fact that I don't have a, I don't have to get up in the morning. I don't have a set schedule. I can do whatever I want to do. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a nice thing. And um, so um I think physically I'm much better now because I'm focusing more on my health and eating right. I mean, I eat super clean and all that kind of stuff and exercise all the time and all those things where I I didn't have time to do all those things. So more time for self-care, I'd say aging is a good thing. You know, if you can retire, I've been fortunate that I could financially retire. Not everybody can do that. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. And, And five years from now, what would you like your your older self to know, your future self to know? Five years from now, what? I'm yeah. Like, what What would you want that Sally to know? Uh, my goodness, that's a that's a tough one. Um, to keep on being grounded and to continue to contribute to society, even though I'm older. I'll be I will be older five years from now. I never, and it seems like society sometimes you know, doesn't want to deal with older folks. Um, so I don't know if that, I Why want do you, right what, what, no, that's fine. That's a, that's a, that's a perfect response, you know, and, and I want to be able to contribute more sub- substantially to society and I, I meet more dynamic people to just have a conversation, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I, I would, you know, five years from now, I, love to be able to you know do more of that more more interaction with people because I'm finding one thing I'm finding out is with this all this technology we and then COVID on top of everything that we're no longer communicating face to face so you know I would love to see a little bit of more more of that where we we used to pick up the phone and call people and where we would meet and all that but now it's like oh let's do it through zoom or whatever so not as much into technology um and five years from now and i would like to 
keep on giving back to society by mentoring students, volunteering at local nonprofits. Those are things that make me feel good. Um, I want to always keep my challenge myself to try something new each day, uh, which, you know, has kind of, I, I would want to still keep on doing all those things. Oh, well, Sally, you, you talked about society's view on, on, on aging. Why do you think society has this bias to, uh, against people who are older, especially older women? Where do you think that comes from? Well, I think they've, I think physically, they look at us physically and they think we can't hear any longer. We can't see. I'm not kidding. Because I've had <laughs> that. I, you know, I've had people, oh, oh you can see? <laughs> yeah, I don't even wear eyeglasses. I said, yeah, and you know, I just had a hearing test and my hearing is better than a 50-year-old. And Really? And so I think they, they see you know, um, I'll give you an example. I was, uh, I went to an event in Washington, D.C., and I picked up my niece who was in her 40s, and I drove because I was my, I invited her. So my son hears about it, and he tells me, you're too old to be driving to D.C. <laughs> at night by yourself. Let let your niece take you because she's much younger. I said, well, no, she, you know, she doesn't even have a car, you know, let her, <laughs> just, or she has a car that doesn't run too well. I said, I'm not going to chance that. Well, let her drive your car. She's not used to my car. She might crash. But I mean, he had a complete nervous breakdown. Uh, I'm not kidding. He went on for about 15 minutes. He's a nurse. So I don't know, maybe that's the mentality of nurses, but, <laughs> so, but he just lectured me for 15 minutes that I should, I was just too old to drive at night. It would have been okay if it's during the day, but it's at night and I'm driving all the way to DC. Well, I drove to DC. I came back. There were no fatalities. At all. <laughs> But he just carried on, and I, I'm not. I'm wondering if it's the physical. I, I think the physical changes affect them, and they think, "Oh my God, you know, like these people are just—they're dead and all that kind of stuff." <laughs> oh um, you know, or they're—I don't know—they're afraid. But some of them are—they look at us so that I'm aging, and they know it's—they don't think it's going to happen to them, but they may be fearful of it. Because I remember when I was younger, looking at older people, thinking, "Oh my God, you know, gosh, I got to be like that." Um, you know, but at the same time, as much as my son carried on about me driving to D.C., sometimes he'll come in here and he'll go, you know, mom and dad, you are you you you're not you are not aging like some of my patients that I have that are the same age as you. And, um, you know, because he, he sees that we're active and all that kind of stuff. But I haven't slowed down. I have the same energy that I have when I was in my 20s. I can honestly say that. Thank God. Um so, but, you know, he'll say that sometimes. Uh, uh, and when I go into a doctor's office, I barely take any medications, thank God. They're like, well, where's your list of drugs? I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is how I'm getting approached. You, you're, you're, you're in your 60s and you, this is the only drug you take? And I'm like, yeah, this is it. I only have one disease. <laughs> and they expect me to you know, and the one doctor said to me, is that my patients your age come in here with a whole page full of drugs that they take? It's unfortunate. They can't help it. But 
you know, that's how we're viewed. We, as soon as you go into a doctor's office, like, oh God, this person, you know, we just got to keep giving. And then they want to give you more drugs too. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is your secret to this vitality? I, well, I got good genes because my mother was the same way. My mother would, you know, in the middle of the night, she'd be cleaning the house and all sorts of stuff, going to work. Um, so I think it's genetic. But, I, you know, but I also eat well, super well, uh, where I'm, I've, and I changed my diet uh, completely around from even a couple of years ago where I gave up all sugar, all st- most all starches and all that. And, and I've noticed I don't have the aches and pains that I get, that everybody talks about when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> and uh, it's the truth. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think that has a lot to do with genetics. And, you know, fortunately, I've been blessed. I don't have too many, you know, any earth-shaking diseases and things like that. But I, to me, diet is a... Um, makes a, a huge difference in the way <laughs> we're going to wake up in the morning. And um, so I've seen a big change since I changed my diet. And, and that's an evolving thing. I like I read a lot of, on nutrition and things like that. It's like one of my little hobbies. <laughs> so what prompted you to change your diet a few years ago? Well, um, well, it was because I, I ended I, I ended up with thyroid disease, and it's the type of thyroid disease. Whereas if I eat any wheat products, it actually attacks my thyroid, and and um and so that kind of started on my journey. I started to get I went to a list of doctor medical doctors, and you know I started with that. I started to give up all gluten, and I gave up started to give up I used to be a real eating a lot of sweets and all that constantly and I gave that all up a couple years ago too because you know my mom was a diabetic so I need to watch it so I started to watch all those things and fortunately you know I you know my cholesterol and all that kind of stuff it stayed really really well so it was really you know it was it was the being diagnosed with thyroid disease that I didn't expect because it didn't run in the family but um, that kind of opened my eyes and I started to really do a lot of research, a lot of reading. And actually, I've educated my doctor about it. He, he tells me that every time I go in to see him, he said, you know, I've learned a lot about, uh, about thyroid disease from you that I did not know about it. And that as you age, you have to treat the body differently when it comes to medications with thyroid and all that kind of stuff. So, so, you know, I've educated the doctor. <laughs> pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. What what have been some of your major insights on your journey to self? Major insights. Let's see here. Um, well, listening to my inner voice and this regarding the meaningful advice of others, that has served me really well, especially in my career, because when I decide now this goes back 30 over 30 years ago when I Graduated from college, worked in the fashion industry because that's what I did, got my degree in. And I decided I always wanted to teach, but I knew I had to go back to get more education. So I decided to go back to get a master's. Back then, it was higher education. And I enrolled in Hopkins. But when I told my employer what I was doing and that I would decide, at that point, I decided I was going to quit and just focus on you know, going to school and uh, maybe just working part-time, he said to me, you'll never be a teacher. You, nobody's going to hire you. There are no jobs for teachers. Um, he totally discouraged me from going into teaching. 
and I didn't listen. I said, the hell with you. You know, <laughs> I could do what I was. Uh, and I was, as soon as I got my master's degree in higher education, I think it was more than six months later, I got offered a job to run the fashion design program at Baltimore City Community College. If I hadn't gone back to get my master's, I would have never gotten hired. Um, you know, nowadays you need a PhD. Back then, a, a master's sufficed. So, so none of that would have happened. I probably would have been working in the garment industry. Um, so, and uh, my other insights is figuring out an exciting. Uh, what I like to do is to figure out an exciting event or activity that I can plan for the next day that makes me so excited to wake up and to face the world tomorrow. So I have. Try, I always try to plan something so that tomorrow won't be, you know, boring or it'll be different. There's something for me to look forward to. That helps. Um, I tried, I tried, stopped chasing perfection a long time ago. So I do the best that I can with whatever tools are available to me. Um, I'm brutally honest. And people can call it opinionated, but I am, you know, I tell the truth. If you ask me, you know, whether I like your look, I will tell you yes or no. And don't get offended if I say no. Some people do get offended. And then turn around and tell me why I didn't ask you for your opinion. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I can't talk to uh, to someone in, in fashion and not ask you to name your top three designers. Well, they're the old designers because these new ones need to... Uh, I don't know about the new ones, but of course, Chanel, <laughs> Madam, Mademoiselle Chanel, she coined the fashion. She always started the fashion industry and uh, Christian Dior for his famous, wonderful looks, tailored looks and Yves Saint Laurent. Those are my three top favorites. And I do have a fourth and that, um, and I should have put her like way above, but that's Kurt, Kurt, Claire McCardle, who was from Baltimore, who was from Frederick, Maryland, I'm sorry, not Baltimore. And she became very famous in the 50s, like Yves Saint Laurent was famous. And um, actually she did what we're all wearing today, the comfortable look, uh, she made pants fashionable. She did um, make dresses out of denim where you never did before, because it was wartime. She didn't have access to fa fabrics, a lot of fabrics and all. And um, she, she was extremely famous and, um, and the ladies um, a club of Frederick, Maryland, just erected a seven foot bronze statue to Claire McCardle as public art. And it's in there in Frederick, Maryland, in their uh, water walkway. And it's gorgeous. And then if anyone wants to go see it and spend the day out there in Frederick, it's really nice. So um, so I'm, I'm proud to have kind of been affiliated with that project. And I, I gave a uh, Zoom lecture about it to the group, and and those groups of ladies put put it together. Went to the mayor, got the money, hired a sculptress to do it, and they they got it together, and and it's on display now. So, we and a totally women uh, led project. So I'm kind of you know I'm proud of McCardle. <laughs> that that I, and I learned something today. See, <laughs> I knew the first three. Yeah, but and I, knew, I, mean, I didn't know the fourth lived one. In, in, um, you know, lived off for Charles Street, her brother. And when I was, I studied fashion designing at Micah, Maryland Institute College of Art. And I got the senior fashion design award that year. And the McCardle family presented me with a nice check. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got to meet them. She was, she had already passed on. She was very young when she died in her early fifties, unfortunately. Um, but 
she's in the history books for fashion design. So I'm glad you learned something. Yes. I'm sure your viewers, but really, if you're downtown Frederick, go look at it. That's great. Um, I, I'm like you. I love to have something new, to learn something new every day. Yeah, that's it, it gives me you know, tingles. That's life. That's gives meaning to life. So, um, you know, escaping my comfort zone is another one that has um, my major insight. It's a form of education and growth for me. Um, and my own curiosity. I'm curious about everything. I'll go ask. I'll ask a lot of questions. Although sometimes people get very annoyed with me, but I learn from that. But some people, you know, look at me like, why will you please be quiet? So my own curiosity has opened up many new and exciting experiences that I've explored further. So Sally, talk about curiosity. Tell us, did you ever become friends with some of those young children that teased you when you were a kid? You know, um, yeah, I am still actually I'm still friends from, you know, um, just one. The rest, um, oh, and you know, when I lost track, oh, wait, let me retract, because I lost track with most of them. It was grammar school and all that. But through the magic of Facebook, I have ran into some of them and they kind of have friended me and they compliment me now, tell me, oh, what an amazing career I've had. My goodness, you do this and you do that. You're so talented. Really nice things. I mean, it's like really flip-flop. They're like super nice. Um, so, and, you know, one of them, I, she, the, this particular individual, she's not the one that sort of teased me, but she was sort of comfort me when in grammar school when people would pick on me. And I'm still, you know, very much friends with her. But you know, I remember as a kid, this is really sad, but I wanted to have a birthday party like the American children where everybody came, they would have these birthday parties and then they have would have sleepovers. And I invited my little friends and oh, no one came, not one person oh, showed no. up. And I didn't know what had gone wrong. I thought, my God, what happened, you know? And I never questioned it. But my one friend that I'm still friends with, she came over and she said, I'm going to tell you what's what the problem is. She said, the moms are afraid to send their, their daughters to sleep at your house because they've heard Italian men are really wild. So they thought my father. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Oh, that my gosh. An opener, and I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. But that's the stereotype, I guess, of Italian men. They're gigolos and like oh to prey on young women. My too much TV, so too much TV, too much TV. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, but she com she confessed. I appreciated it. I know. I you know, I've never brought it up to her again because I don't even know if she remembers. It was so long ago. But I, I uh, appreciate her honesty because I was crying. I was like, "What happened? No one wants oh, to come to my, my nobody to my sleepover." And um, so it's okay. Yeah, but I do, I do keep some of them. I, you know, when I see them on Facebook, I kept thinking, "You used to call me all sorts of names, <laughs> and now you're telling me how wonderful I am." And well, I remember, think, oh, Sally, they they changed. They've changed. You're not living in the past. They've changed. Right. Yeah. I figure, let, you know, let it go. And, um, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. And, and it's, it's amazing how a lot of them have friended me who stayed away from me and, you know, wasn't part of the clique and all that kind of stuff. It's really, it's like turned upside down. <laughs> amazing. Listen, Sally, what would you like to share with our listeners about your journey that I may not have covered? 
Um, well, uh, final words. Um, face your fears and do it anyway. Be bold and live life on your terms, not on somebody else's terms. Uh, and go against the grain and take the road less traveled. I always tell that. I, that's the advice I give my nieces <laughs> and my sons. Take that road that no one else wants to take. Um, you know, I kind of did that even with my career because, you know, no one else in my family went into fashion. <laughs> they all went into normal areas, you know, like psychology or whatever, English and things like that. So, and I always say, go, hey, you know, when you're out in that car, drive that. As you're driving towards your destination, go down the wrong road because you never know what you're going to learn or what new location you're going to see. So I do that often. I'll just drive down the wrong road to see what I can find that is new that I have not seen before. Um, sounds kind of silly, but it, it's interesting because you learn new. Oh, I didn't know that was over there and things like that. So it deliberately introduces you to new places. And um, final words is learn from your challenges and failures. They're both great teachers. Before we go, please tell me that you've had parties since where people have shown up and you've had a lovely time. I, I have, but I never had any sleepovers. I never was able to fulfill that American sort of kid's dream <laughs> of the sleepover. I never, I, I never had that. Um, I never had a kid's party. It was always with my relatives. So, you know, we just we just didn't do it anymore after no one showed up. But I've had plenty of parties. But it's all, you know, very close with my extended family, my cousins and all, like my sisters. I do have a sister. And they're like, you know, my sister and all, we get together all the time. We celebrate events and all sorts of things. And so I really haven't, haven't missed out. I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. It was, it's, it's silly, you know, kid stuff, kid, yeah. Kids, kids can be what it's. It wasn't really the kids. It was what they were learning at where they were hearing at home. Yeah, um, you know well, about I'm our family that... immigrants. You know, stay away from them and. You know, it wasn't their fault. So. Well, I'm glad to see that they've changed, right? Their Facebook messages show that some change has occurred. If not, oh, yeah, yeah. I, it has. I mean, you know, Facebook and all those other social media things, I mean, they, they have their plus and minuses. And I think it's exposing us to other cultures, what other people do. And, you know, they... I, I post things that we do that are just maybe strictly Italian. Other cultures post stuff too, and it's kind of a learning thing, you know. I, I've learned about what other cultures do, and I appreciate it. And I find similarities in most of, you know, there's a common thread that runs through all of us, all these cultures. So it, it has. A, I think it's opened some doors because we, we're exposing ourselves to the ethnic foods we eat, and and more than that, the events that we celebrate and it's all you know, good it is all it's good. all good i mean i'm okay i mean i, good. I just, it, it's made I just wanted to make sure you know um indeed well sally this is the end of our time together i, I really <laughs> want to thank you for coming on you've been, well, it's been fun it's been you, you made it fun and i enjoyed it and i i you know i you know i love you i love you too <laughs> Uh, Thank you for sharing your wonderland, Sally. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Until next time, love yourself more in the midst of your wonderland. Peace.